Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. So we have some friends up here, and I am doing some questions with them. Uh, And I'm really excited about these uh, questions. Uh, We are talking about evangelism this morning, sharing our faith. And you're like, oh, really? Yes. We're talking about actually allowing that which Christ has done in us to be known through us. And so I have four friends. Did you guys mean to split up girls and boys? Did y'all do that? Yep. So I am really excited uh, for this. If we can, though, I'd love one by one you guys sort of announce your name, maybe uh, how long you guys have have been a part of Glory Church. Is this on? Yep. Uh, My name is David, and uh, I've been coming here for one year now, so it's been a good year. What's up, everybody? I'll be your MC tonight. My name's AJ Howe. I've, I have been coming here since the old days of the YMCA. Throwback. But consistently since the summer. Okay, well, I'm Lexi. <laughs> Hi, Lexi. Hi. Thank you. I love when you guys do that. I make everyone do that in our small group whenever we do introductions. It's like, is this AA or is this small group? I don't know. Um, it could be both. I'm Gabby. I'm your worship director. I've been... <laughs> Hello. Um, I've been a part of Glory Church since um, like late November of 2020. So, yeah. Yeah. We've loved having you all. Well, great. So the, the goal and the purpose of this is to one, have fun. One, let, let not just Greg's voice be heard, but many. So we got many different styles up here, and I'm really excited for you to hear it come out uh, this morning. So we're just going to start off with a little bit easy, a uh, little easy question. How do you guys personally define evangelism? And then, like, what makes you personally, get that word personally, so passionate about it in your community, in your context? Go for it, Lexi. Sorry, I raised my hand, Age, but you can have the next one, I promise you, okay? I a <laughs> teacher, yes. Um, Okay, so I was, been, I was thinking about this one, and it's not something that if you Googled it, it would probably come up, but this is just what the Holy Spirit has put on my heart, and that evangelism to me is when you fully experience God's love and freedom and only the way that he can give. You meet someone right where they're at, and you give them the gift of abundant life. You share the gift of abundant life. And, you know, as we were singing worship just two seconds ago, we are singing... Um, the song, you know, my beloved, he is so beautiful among thousands. And I was just thinking like the Holy Spirit was just working in me. And he was like, you're going to, if you're sharing the gospel, if you're evangelizing and you're not fully convinced of my love for you, then when you share it with someone else, it's just going to sound like you're trying to convince them. (laughs) And we're singing the song and I'm just shouting out like, my beloved, he's so beautiful. And I feel like it's the same when we share the gospel. It's like, wow, like, Come, you're here, like, you're invited into this. My beloved, it's not me trying to convince you. I'm just sharing with you, like, my beloved, he's so beautiful. Um, has, okay, and then the second part, right? Why does it mean a lot to you? <laughs> um, okay, so raise your hand if you've seen The Chosen. Anyone in here? Hey, the real Christians. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's, I'm not a big fan of, like, Christian shows, by the way. Like, they're all usually really cheesy. 
And so, um, but this one is really good, you guys. And um, I like cry every single time I watch it. But there's this part in it where Peter is telling one of the disciples and he's like, man, like everyone out here, they're asleep. They're sleepers is what he calls them. And that like really struck a chord with me when I was thinking about the gospel and I was thinking about evangelism because um, I was thinking about how we all have this like desire to be fully known and fully loved by God and just to be known by him. And even and everyone, whether they're a believer or not, like has this desire that's a core part of who they are. And our job, our job, like our purpose is just to wake them up and remind them, you know, it's just that. It's just reminding someone, hey, like you are fully known and fully loved. And that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, AJ. It's going to be a hard one to follow up. That was really good. Thanks, AJ. When Greg asked me to be a part of this, I was pretty humbled by it. I don't consider myself an evangelist. I just consider myself more a lover of people. And when I, was, when he, I got the questions in advance, I was really praying about it. And what I came to define evangelism as is the act of obedience. In Matthew 28, verse 19, it talks about go and make disciples of all the nations in the world. And I just don't want anybody to be left out. I want everybody to be included in that. So, and the reason why I'm so passionate is because I don't want anybody to be left out. I know everybody's lives would be significantly better (laughs) if they were to love Jesus. (laughs) It might get a little hard at first because he's sanding you down, like Greg was talking about with the table, but overall your life will be abundant. So... Yeah, just to hop on that, um, it's funny because I've been literally repeating this verse. It's in um, 1 Corinthians 9.22, and today, sometimes this is really random, but um, I don't always have like a ton of time to get up in the morning and read the word, and that's my own fault. I'm a bad time manager, and the Lord is redeeming that in my my life, but um, I always have Oswald Chambers devotional right by the toilet, so like... I don't know about y'all, but I wait for the, the shower to get hot, and I'll, like, sit there, and I'll read, like, this little page. And today was um, 1 Corinthians 9.22, and it says, um, Paul is talking to the church, and he says, oh, my gosh, you guys, first of all, pause. If you get a chance today, go read it, because it really is beautiful the way Paul, someone who was transformed by the Lord, really sees it. And I think I'm the same, but definitely different experiences, right? But he says, I become all things to all men so that I might save some. And if you actually read the whole chapter which I wanted to do, and I did this morning, he really talks about um, how he really, like, finds that one thing when he's in conversation with people to, like, really, like, just be a comrade with, like, and find in common. So, like, if I'm talking with, like, Dalton, we might be from, I'm from California, you know? Like, I was raised in the hood because my mom's a cop, you know? On the surface, it might seem like we have nothing in common, but when he says, oh, I like Maverick City, oh, I like Maverick City too, tell me more. And Paul says, I literally take that as an entryway to preach the gospel. And I think I'm so passionate because I am a Gentile. This is, I don't deserve anything. I I think we forget sometimes, like, the reality of Christianity is, this is a Jewish religion. And the fact that the Jews, Paul says this too, he says the Jews, they denied Jesus the Christ and said, we don't want to have anything to do with this God. That's really what they did. God said, hey, you guys aren't listening. I'm going to send a servant to show you the way. Jesus, they said, we don't want it. And so the Lord opened the doors to people like me. I deserve nothing. And I think that really compels me, like the reality of my life, right? Young girl, young black girl in California, in the hood, 
parents a mess, and this girl comes up to me, and she tells me about the Lord, and it changed my life. Not like on the outside, but like this internal unrest. I'd wake up crying because my parents were like fighting, and, and my dad was doing drugs. He couldn't handle it anymore. I'm watching everything fall apart, and somebody gave me one ounce of peace. It's just, it's, they have to know, like, and it's really selfish for me to sit around and be like, I got something good, and I see someone down the street, and they're struggling, but they don't, who cares about them? I'm good. That's so selfish, so. Short, sweet, to the point. I have like a million definitions of what evangelism is, but the one that I asked God for this morning, I was like, what do you want me to share about what the definition of it is? And it's sharing what he's done in you with others, right? So keeping it simple to the point. God has done amazing things in us, and don't we want other people to have that, right? right? And for me, that's also what drives me. I was like the scum of the scum, and God reached down, gave me not one, two, three, but like, I don't even know how many chances. I should have been dead so many times. But it's just like I remember God just saying, it doesn't matter where you are. You could be in the middle of the earth. You can't escape me. I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to be loving you. And for me, that's like what drives me. I'm like, everybody needs that. Everybody needs to know that. So that's it. That's good. All right. Question number two we got, uh, and I'll chime in when I feel y'all killed it. Um, That was great. Uh, You're welcome. (laughs) Verbal affirmation. Uh, Question number two, I would love to know, what is y'all's go-to method uh, of sharing your faith? I mean, feel free to give an example attached to it. What is your go-to method? Go for it. (laughs) All right. So I don't have one go-to. I think it's all situational because it's about obedience, right? So if you're in the grocery store and God's like, go pray for that person, well, he just told you what to do. You know what I mean? It's like, you're not going to go up, grab a, flip over a crate and be like, everybody, you know? You're just going to go up and go pray for that person and be obedient how God called you. That's his person he wants you to reach at the moment, right? But my favorite way of doing it is definitely power evangelism um, from a stage and just going off and just like revealing truth about who God is and letting people respond or not respond, but at least everybody's hearing it, you know? Um, but definitely it's all situational. I mean, I, I do whatever God, like we have to do however he tells us to do it. And I will be the first to admit I have walked in disobedience a lot of times by not doing those little things. But those, like the disobedience of that is something that we have to really be careful of and fearful of because the reality is when we disobey God to not go share with somebody, that they are not guaranteed that that person's going to be alive the next day. And that could have been their only opportunity to get the gospel and respond. So you, you, it's like one of those things is like for me is like God had to humble me in that and be like, you know, I told you to go pray for that person. There's no guarantee that somebody else is going to go do that and share with, who, share with them who I am, you know. Um, so for me, I, it just, you just have to be obedient to what God tells you to do. And everyone has certain gifts. I'm, obviously, I'm very extroverted. And uh, so for me, like, I'll just kind of go every which direction, however God says. But for others, it's more strategic and in line like that. Yeah, I like how you said I'm more extroverted because I get that card a lot when I talk about evangelism. Like, first of all, it's not a spiritual gift. It's a calling. Like, once you become a disciple, like, you're called to it. So, like, God doesn't just give it to Gabby and then not to you. And he doesn't just give it to extroverts and not introverts. Like, there's very much so people I can reach that introverts cannot 
or cannot reach, and then vice versa. Introverts can, like my boyfriend Carlos, he's an introvert to the T, and the way he can communicate to people, I just miss it every time. I can't do that. But the way I um, do evangelism is very much like you, but different. Um, I definitely led by the Lord. I think some of the most fruitful conversations that lead people to the Lord are really like in those places like the grocery store when the Lord says, hey, do it. That guy on the side of the road, turn around and do it. I've done that and been so weirdly on the side of highways with people helping them change tires. And they, they will say things like, you are an angel. We were just like, really like, you're an angel. Like, they're not just saying it. Like, we believe we're praying and you came and my dad was a mechanic. So I called my dad. He was up the road and we changed both their tires in like five minutes, you know? And then they're like, what do you have that I don't have? People will actually ask me stuff like that just because I was led in that one moment. But what I love to do is music. And music is this tool that I can use in anybody, really, um, for good or bad. I think it, music can be played and it has no, um, it doesn't ask for permission to enter your soul or to train your mind. And that's why I'm very careful about what I listen to. <laughs> you got to be careful because you will end up trained. So I use music as a tool. And then people, it's funny. You know, in the Bible, David had the temple, so I'm not trying to be long-winded, but his musicians were all skilled. They had to be three things, skilled, be able to prophesy, know what God is saying in those moments, and know the culture. And so I try to be that way. I'm a skilled musician. I can always grow. But because of my skill, people are drawn to me, right? I become all things. I become a good musician. And people come up to me and be like, I don't know, like, how you sang that song or what you did to do that, but, like, who are you? People will say things like that. Well, I love the Lord, and it just is what it is. And then those moments happen, so. When you meet the real deal, you know it. And Jesus is the real deal. So I would say authenticity is my go-to method. When you've experienced the living water of God, when you've, you, when you've really encountered somebody who's different, you ask, What's, what makes them so different? Who are you? Is it, I, I've never met anybody like you. And I'm not saying that for my own glory. I'm saying that for God. Because we all have that ability when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. So, yeah. That's really, I'll piggyback off you. I think just being led by the spirit of love. And honestly, like, I don't know if you're like me, but I don't wake up and I'm like, I'm going to evangelize today. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to that girl over there and yep, she's going to come to know the Lord. Let's do it. Like I do not wake up with that confidence. And um, so I was thinking about how I do it. And in, I think it's just like the spirit being like, let's be intentional, you know, about my morning. Like let's wake up and have a heart to pray for my coworkers and ask for God's presence in my workspace. And I don't think it's just going to be a moment where it's like, oh, I'm having a conversation. I need to share the gospel. And like, maybe it is like, David, you sound like really strong in that. And like, that's really awesome that you can be obedient to God in that. But like for me, it's so um, like, I want to sit with you right where you are and serve you. And I think about the way that like Jesus approached people when he shared about my father. And he was just like, I'm going to come sit with you. I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to get you a drink of water. I'm going to, you know, he served people well. And people came to know them because they saw, wow, this guy knows my heart. He cares for me. He loves me. And it takes the pressure because it's not about you. <laughs> it's like, what can I, what can I do for you? Yeah. And um, wow, that's awesome. Like, now let me share with you like, the reason why I have so much love in my heart. Yeah, that's good. 
I mean, I, I'm so, so different in some ways because I am, many of you don't know this, you think that just because I'm a pastor, I'm automatically extroverted, but I'm introverted. And so uh, when I talk to people, uh, I'm always a little bit more apprehensive at first, um, but I, I have come to know like there are three main ways that people evangelize, either through truth, through love, or through power. And those are three ways uh, you can, through acts of love, um, then you can evangelize through truth, and then you evangelize literally through power. Like God allows, I, I'm going to pray for healing right now, and it's going to happen. Um, and so there's multiple, you know what I mean? There's multiple ways that, that these things happen, and maybe you guys have all had stories of all of them. The one that the Lord uh, constantly provides for me is truth. Um, so I, I've come to this place where uh, sometimes I don't do it well, um, but the Lord, like a, a knife in my gut, will put very clearly what that person's lie is. Um, and uh, truth, you know, truth showcases lies, it shines, and so I actually, this is a habit that I formed when in college, when I was leading a group of men, a uh, small group, and I would ask God, will you let me know what lies they're believing? Uh, I'm huge on lies. My children, they know, do not lie to dad. I was, like, I grew up lying to get my way when I was a child. Like, I would lie all the way. My brother was, like, the shining star in our family, and I was, like, the outcast, like, the little black sheep. And so lying was this natural part of my childhood, and then the Lord twisted it and said, now I'm, I'm going to have you be a very clear detector of lies. Um, and that's a hard place to be, but that's how I evangelize. God, what is, not what they're saying is a lie, but what are they, what is the enemy speaking into their heart that is a lie? And then like clockwork, I can't help but bring it up. Sometimes it's, uh, whew, sometimes it's not good and then it gets good later. And it's, you know, it's the friend who I call out and then three months later, she puts a, uh, I'm sorry note on my car. I shouldn't have reacted like that. Uh, that kind of thing. So other times it's in the moment and the sin struggle comes out and there's, there's prayer. But that's how I, I always ask God, what lie are they believing so that I can like bring the truth of your word, your presence. Well, and just to, just to tag on to that, that's actually using the gifts of the Holy Spirit while you evangelize because that is a word of knowledge that God has given you. So it's actually a gift of the Holy Spirit. So you're actually, you're actually using the gift that God has given you in the Spirit to be able to reach people, which is really, really good because that, brings you, that means you're in a place of alignment with the Lord and His will and His way to be able to touch the person on a very personal level. And uh, it shakes them up. I've seen a lot of people get shook up when people do that, where they're just like, how do you know that? Like, you're reading my mail, kind of stuff like that. So, but yeah, so that's awesome. It's dangerous, too, because people get hurt. Just to affirm you, like, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, so, you have anything else? Sorry. No, we're just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Try married to me, right? Like, (laughs) pray for your, pray for your, your co-pastor. Uh, question number three. Uh, all right, we're moving on. So this is going to be a fun one. A lot of people can be fearful of like the worst case scenarios for sharing their faith. All right. Uh, have you guys ever had an experience that went not so well? And then what do you learn? What did you learn? Yes. <laughs> Share the top three. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the thing is, it's not about me. Yeah. 
Every single time, yeah. It goes bad because you smell bad. That's what I always say. It's really not about me. And when I made the decision to follow Christ and accept him as my Lord, I gave up the right to do what I want. It's about him now. And it's more discouraging. It's more discouraging to me that that person is rejecting God instead of rejecting me because it's, it's not about me. And I think it's really easy for us to get in the mindset of, oh man, well, I put myself out there, I was vulnerable, but now I, I got burned because of it. But they're burning Jesus. So please be praying for those people. Tag. Oh, you said Tay. Thanks. <laughs> oh, that's code. Okay, cool. Um, you know, honestly, I really don't have any like recollections, but one thing does come to mind. Um, so I used to tour as a musician, and I've been in ministry school and all the things, you know what I mean? Like, my Christian little report card, like, not to Jesus, but to the world, looks really good, you know, ministry school check. So they had us out there in Austin, and to be honest, sometimes I just roll my eyes, like, why are we out here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is, this is whack. I just, like, don't, I'm just such an authentic person, like AJ said. Sometimes I'm like, why are we on this bus, and why are we going to downtown Austin on a Friday night and going to stand there with these bright yellow shirts? I feel stupid. Like, this is dumb. They're going to avoid us because of these shirts. But I was out there, nonetheless, not with the yellow shirt on. I was out there. And uh, I think... Just like these guys are saying, when you are filled with the Lord, I think people know, and it's undeniable, and the Lord gives different measures of anointing to different people based on whatever he wants. He's the Lord. He's alive. You know what I mean? So I was out in Austin, and I was standing there, and some people had guitars. I literally am just standing there, and no kidding, this man came through the crowd of people and looked straight at me, and he wanted to argue. Like, he came to find me, which this is not the first time. Like, I just feel like there's demonic presences, not to be weird, but there really are. And pe- they live in people. And this guy came up to me and just spit on me. But, like, by the grace of God, it literally just, like, missed me. By, like, but I felt, like, this, the, like, the remnants of it, but not the whole thing. So I was just, like, and all my friends were, like, and I was, like, here we go again. And I just, like, walked away and prayed for him. But, yeah, I mean, it happens. I think, for me, along the lines with AJ, I think I'm more concerned about um, disrespecting the Lord And I've had to really repent because I don't want to ever become numb to his voice or his witness. Like the Bible says, you'll be led by his witness and by his Holy Spirit. And so sometimes you just have a feeling, a knowing. It's just like, I should go to Target today. And, but yet like, oh, I got busy. I hate, that's what I'm scared of. I don't care if you reject me. It doesn't make, you don't pay my rent. I don't care. Like, but I, the Lord does pay my rent. So, you know what I mean? He's, he's everything to me. So. Okay. So, um, sorry. I, it's funny because for me, um, the fearful thing, like, believe it or not, like, I had fear of man hardcore until I did my discipleship training school, and then God just, like, cured me completely. But I used to not be able to go in front of people, talk, do anything like that. Um, I would just freeze up, you know, stage fright, super bad, all these things. Um, so I remember, like, I first started out, I would come and I would talk to people. I was like, oh, okay, just kind of like having a conversation. It's not that bad. But... So when I started realizing that, it's just like, okay, it's not about, and like what, literally what you guys tie in is like stuff that God just spoke to me over the years. Like, it's not about you anyways, not about you anyways, you know, and even Jesus said, they don't, they're rejecting me, you know, but, um, but for me, the bad experience for me was when I was studying apologetics for a little season there. And if you don't know what apologetics is, it's just basically making a defense for your faith. And I remember I was like, I'm going to go and use this stuff, you know, and and uh, I'm like, it's going to go down. I'm like, it's going to be amazing. So I was like, I was like 
trying to, but sometimes apologetics can turn into where you're just kind of like trying to argue somebody into heaven and that never works. You have to love them into heaven, you know? And uh, so I'm just sitting there like this one kid, he was like, I don't even know. He was probably like eight years younger than me, but he was fully wounded, you know? And he was fully into like trying to prove God's not real. So like we got done doing a performance afterwards. We're going talking to people and this, and this guy comes up and he's just like, why do you believe it? Why? And I was just like, Oh, like it sparked like my flesh, you know, like it wasn't like my spiritual, like righteous anger. It was flesh anger. And I was just like, I'm going to argue this dude down. Like it's going down right now, you know. And I remember I was just arguing with him, like throwing facts, throwing truth, throwing what science has proved about God and just going off like this. And by the end of it, he was just mad at me and walked away. Like it totally failed so bad. And I was just like, you know what? Like we can't let our flesh get involved when God wants to do something. And, and honestly, there has to be the time where we dust our feet off and walk away, you know? So like, yeah, that's just kind of where I was at. I was just like, man, I, I let my emotions and flesh just totally ruin that opportunity yep. to try to love this guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So everyone's been sharing all their funny stories, but I feel like, you know, evangelizing or whatever, like talking about Jesus with strangers is easy for me. It's like, huh. Ah. I have no skin in the game. There's nothing to it, you know? Like, there's kind of this thought of, like, sorry, is that, is that weird? <laughs> I thought you said ew. I was like, I love you too. Uh, <laughs> I really do. Um, but you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm at the grocery store, and someone's like, oh, do you go to church? And I'm like, oh, yeah, let me tell you all about it. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Like, let me share this with you. But, like, what happens when it's your family? Yeah. What happens when it's your best friend? Um, like my family, they're not really saved and like they're very lukewarm towards Jesus and they've done like the actions, but they don't have the heart. Um, and it's been really challenging for me to share the gospel with my own family. <laughs> and, um, cause like, I don't want to ruin the relationship that we have, you know, that's like the lie. It's like, what if I tell them about this? What if I tell them about Jesus? Are they thinking I'm going to force it on them? Like, oh, there she goes again, like telling us about Jesus. Like, oh, she thinks she's better than that. Like, there's these, these thoughts that go through my head. And I think Jesus just told me, like, they're worth it. Like, I love them more than you even love them, Lexi. Like, I care for their heart more than you even do, Lexi. And I remember one day I was telling my brother about Jesus, and it was a while ago because I got saved in college. So I was, I was like, yeah, on fire. Like, let's go tell everyone. Let's go tell my brother. And I remember telling him, and it, it kind of went sour. And he was like, uh, so that kind of seems cheap. Like, you just believe in him, and then you get to go to heaven. And I was like, no, like, you're missing the point on abundant life. Like, when you have Jesus, you can have peace when you don't feel like it. Like, when you have Jesus, there is a love in your heart that doesn't make sense. Like, when you have Jesus, like, you know that you're broken and you can't do anything to earn his love, but he chases after you anyway. And um, honestly, like, keep praying for me because it's still something that, like, I'm praying for for my family. Um, And I'm believing in the authority of God to save them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, worst case scenario is like, man, what do you do when it's your best friend? You know, what do you yeah. do if you and you have a relationship with them? And I think it's just walking alongside them in that. Yep. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I used to have to, um, I used to have to remind myself, like when, when I said it earlier, it's cause you smell bad. It's not about you. But I literally had to remind myself, like scripture says that we 
we carry with us the aroma of Christ and this picture in that section of like the triumphant entry of a, uh, a victory and the army would come and they would have incense and everyone in the city would know there was victory because they're, they're walking through and they could smell it burning and it just smell of victory. To some, I smell of victory. To others, I smell of death. And so that's literally what the scripture says. And I had to like be okay with that. And that's like, you know, when Jesus says like, this is the, like the cross that you bear. It's because when I was bearing this cross, everyone knew I was going to die. They're spitting on me. They're making fun of me. I'm, I'm out like, I'm out to be punished right now. Um, and I just had to remind myself like, and it sucks. What do you do when your friends, when, I mean, as a pastor and add that on top even more, you know, like I, I want to lead by being authentic, but people struggle to be authentic near Christians, right? Like, have you got, you guys have felt it. People struggle. They feel like if I'm my authentic self, they're going, it's going to be just like me with God. Like, right. If I'm authentic with God, then he's going to, he's going to run away or spit on me. And it's just this lie. And so we have to constantly, like as people got to constantly press in, keep going in. Uh, and it's like, they're running away. Not my, not me, not me. And I will apologize if it was me. I mean, I've, I've stuck, I've put my foot in my mouth many times. I will apologize. But if the enemy keeps lying back then, like keeps lying, then I just pray for the lies. Like, that they would cease, that I would pray for truth, that would overcome. And that's, that's what has to happen. Because I, I just think of like your family, you'll speak something, but they will hear what the enemy speaks louder often. Because there's pain, we all. Anyone ever tell you something and it's just like, Ugh. and though it's truth, what you hear is not what they said, but you heard it and you heard it. And then you go back and you try to play th- through the whole scenario and all you can remember is what you heard. Memory is so, so flaky. And so as people who truth, truth speakers, we got to keep speaking. No, that's not what I said. My God says this. Yeah, go for it. And then, I mean, <laughs> sorry. I'm like, thank you. Um, to, okay, and then there's moments where the Holy Spirit says, don't say anything. Yes. So the Holy Spirit led me back to my family. I toured as a musician, musician for four years, and then the, the Holy Spirit said, go back home. And I was like, please, no. Like, because my family was just off the hinges, like... You know, we, I came from an unsafe family as a first Christian, so I was just like, please, no. But I did. I had to go back. And I look, I didn't know why then, but the Lord had me serve my family for two years. Like, and I was, like, really upset about it. Like, things like the dishes were never done, and we did not have a dishwasher. Like, stacks of dishes every morning. I'm a clean freak to the fullest. I'd get up, and the Holy Spirit would say, wash those dishes. And I'd have moments with the Lord where he'd be like, I want you every time you see dishes in that sink to wash them and not say anything. Y'all, I washed dishes. I could cry. I, I was so mad. I would wash dishes praying for my brother and my mom saying, Lord, change their hearts. I'm so mad. I could punch a wall, Lord. Every time tons of dishes, I would be late to work. I'd be washing these dishes because the Lord told me to and I knew it was him. And then my brother and I would get in fights in the kitchen and he thinks I am my dad's spitting image. Well, not anymore because we went through that two-year journey. But when I got home, 
my, my parents are divorced and my dad doesn't have the best rap with my brothers. And my brother would literally, he's 6'4", he'd look at me and be like, you are just like dad. You're worthless. You're good for nothing. And I'm like, Taylor, that is not who I am. And the Holy Spirit would say, don't say anything. And I would just take it. And then when I was given permission to talk, the Lord would give me words because I was pushing in and the Lord would say, tell him who he is. And I'd say, you are so brilliant. I know you don't like me, but I see a man of God in you. You are called, you're chosen. And those moments are what we're called to. And I think we all want this easy escape. Let me walk up to someone, hand them a card. But this is real, y'all. This is the beauty of the work is that it's messy. And I just want to encourage all of us. I think a lot of us have situations like that. And it's really easy to look at the people on the other side and be like, oh, you're good. It must be nice. No, they probably went through stuff, but they're on the other side. So if you're still in it, I just want to encourage you, you know, like the Lexi's in here and my family is doing way better. Praise God. We still got junk to work through, but not like that anymore. It takes one person to be faithful in a situation and it could break. And I just got chosen for that. And I'm just so glad I didn't give up. I was ready to leave. And so, yeah. That's so good. Yeah, there are many times when God's just like, nope, not yet. Pray, pray through it. Pray through it. Yeah, that's awesome. Question number four. So talking about our faith with people, uh, Jesus, you know, sharing our faith is one thing, but how do you guys personally, like naturally bring it to them? You know what I mean? Like we could talk all day about us, but how, like there has to be this intentionality of, I mean, of course, waiting for the Holy Spirit to say now's when, but what are some examples of like, how have you guys turned the table, so to say? Uh, I got one. Go for it. Um, And it's just a simple phrase. And, um, and I don't, think you should just go around saying this to every single person, but I remember I got to share the gospel and I lived with my grandparents before I got married, and I shared it with my grandma, and I was actually interviewing her for a job that I had, and she was telling me about all these things that she was trying to work out so she can look a certain way, and she's basically telling me her struggles, like her heart struggles, and it's getting really vulnerable, and I'm doing this with my phone recording, and I I just feel this like, this isn't for my work, like I need to pause this and like like lean into what Jesus wants right now. And I just remember um, the Holy Spirit just giving me this question for her. And I like listened to her share and she's crying. And I'm like, like, grandma, like if you keep doing that, I was like, is that fulfilling to you? Like, does that bring fulfillment in your life? Because she's been talking about this forever. And she was just like, it was the first time I think she realized like, no, like, when I get to that certain number, when I get to, you know, that certain weight, when I look this certain way, like, oh, like, I guess I won't, like, I won't be fulfilled. There was just this moment of like, oh, okay, I understand. And I was like, that's okay, grandma. Like, and then I opened up about my eating disorder that I, that God had saved me from. And it was just this vulnerable moment to really connect with her. And she accepted Jesus right in the spot. And it was amazing. Like, um, she's the only other family member I think that has, um, and yeah, um, but yeah, it's just so beautiful. Like when we're vulnerable with people and we get to know like where their heart's at, um, there's always a longing for Jesus that won't be fulfilled until they know him, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I believe everybody already knows. Yeah. I, I, for me, I knew I needed something more. Coming from a dysfunctional family with drugs and alcohol and sexual abuse and just pain, 
I knew that those things would not satisfy my heart. And I understood that at 16. And it took another boy who is the same age as me to show me that. And I believe if everyone in this room was being honest and everybody watching, there's something missing in your heart. And you know you're, it's, it's God. Yeah, I got to tie in on that because, like, I've, I've spoke that out to a lot of people. You know, um, with my background, I've spoke to a lot of people that are in drugs, in jail, in different situations. And, uh, and I say, like, you know, I know you're searching for more money. You're searching for all these different things. But it's like if you get all those things, like even with you saying with your grandma, it's like you're not going to get what you want. I'm like every one of us wants something and is desiring something. I said what that is is actually God. I said, you know, and then I just share a little bit of my testimony about how I went through and just searched through everything. You know, I basically had everything and had nothing, you know, all in the, all throughout my life. And it's like, but it was that searching for, you're the, everyone's searching for God. But as far as applying that into a conversation, um, you just look for, you just look for their, the openings when they're talking. You know, it's like people will start, if you start off like, hey man, like, I'll even start off like, hey, man, can I just pray for you quick? You know, if I'm at the grocery store, that one, usually people will always let you pray for them. And then they'll start talking to you about random things. And, but if you start with, like, I'll pray for you, it automatically kind of directs things to a certain, does that make sense? To where, like, they know you're a Christian at that point, you know? So, like, they'll start trying to, like, I've run into a lot of people that'll try to, like, pretend like they're Christians, even though you know for a fact they're not. You know, like, oh, yeah, 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 I went to church, like, you know, like, six years ago, and, you know, all this kind of stuff like that. Um, but you just kind of, you can steer them, lead them, but you just wait for the door to open, and then you, you just drop in when you can drop in about what God has done in your life and start to share like a 30-second little testimony about yourself, and I find that that really, for me, like that usually is very effective um, as far as, yeah. Vulnerability. Yeah. <laughs> That's the main theme of this entire conversation today, yeah. is Vulnerability. Sorry, I heard him go, oh, so I had to just pass it. <laughs> anyway, so yes, tying in, yeah, sharing about your wounds and what God took you out of will always touch people's hearts, and they can reject it or not, but at the end of the day, when they know what God's done in your life, and they see evidence of it by how you're living and how you're loving on them in that moment, it works. So, to, t- to cap yeah. mine off. Yeah, I think for me, I love to be led, because like, you know, Paul talks about in the Bible that some people are being watered. He goes, Apollos watered you, so-and-so planted the seed, and the Lord is the one that brings the harvest. So not everyone's ready to be watered. Like, don't overwater the plant. Maybe they just got in a fight with a Christian yesterday. So that's always the basis of, like, my thinking. And then if I'm in a conversation with someone, I'll always just be asking the Lord in my mind, like, God, what are you saying? That's my life question. God, what are you saying in every situation? Um, but if you need a nice intro and the Lord is highlighting someone, I always ask a question so they can speak back to me. And then I kind of let them open the door. Um, so a great one when I was, I don't know why I keep going back to this, but this was like, a, we did a lot of evangelism when I was touring. So like intentional evangelism. So we, we'd walk up to people. If I feel like a lady in the grocery store is being highlighted, I'll be like, hi, I'm new here. Is there anything to do around here? That was always our like, if I don't know what to say and the Lord hasn't told me anything, I'm going to ask that question. So I'd be like, is there anything to do around here? And a lot of people go, oh no, it's boring. 
And I'm like, oh, really? Because I'm here as a musician, come to my show. Like, really? It's not that boring. I'm here. So, and then I'll be like, okay, like, are you from here? Like, I just ask questions and like really intentional ones. Like, are you from here? Like, yeah, yeah. don't give them a yes or no question because that's just going to hurt you. And you're just going to be like, okay, great. You know, are you from here? They could say yes or no, but the reality is they always give a little more. So, so and also I'd say don't, don't like put things to the side that seem silly to you. Because I can't even explain, like, how many people, by me complimenting a tattoo, has opened doors for me to lead them to Jesus. Or for men, like, when we have nice beards, like, be like, bro, that beard is epic. Like, little things like that can open the door, and the next thing you know, that person has gave their life to Jesus. Like, you literally never know what tool can be applied. And it's just like, but if we have tattoos, like, honestly, I'm a tattoo guy. I have a lot of tattoos. And if people like a tattoo, like, automatically, like, I'm going to just start. You know what I'm talking. I see him. He's smiling right there. He's got tattoos all over. He's like, it's true. It's true. If people say something about my tattoo, bro, it's on. We're going to talk about it in a minute. Yeah, no, for real. It's, it's like that. I mean, like, just the littlest things. Just look for something, like, throw a compliment, throw something, kind of break the ice, and then just go in, you know. But, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, I think, too, one of the things um, I forgot about, that I've been to Haiti twice, and the second time we got to go to these different villages in the mountaintops and just play with the kids. Um, we go to orphanages and stuff and just hang out, and I do laundry with the women on the ground, and we'd just be talking. I'd be speaking in Spanish, actually, because I didn't know Creole. And so <laughs> they know it because they live next to Dominican Republic, yeah. Um, and it was amazing, both speaking in our second languages, trying to understand one another. And I just think it's like you go in with a heart of humility because you're not the savior (laughs) you know like the pressure is not on you and like sharing the love of Jesus you have to enter it with I'm not better than you I'm broken too I'm still broken but I know my redeemer I know who saved me and like he has that for you too in this moment right now like I'm not perfect and I think if we walk into a situation thinking man I've got it all together I'm perfect let me share my gospel with you like no one's gonna want who wants to hear that (laughs) I don't. <laughs> I'm like, I know Jesus, and I wouldn't want to hear that. Um, and so I think just, like, pray for humility when you share the gospel. Like, you don't know where they've been. Yep. You know where you've been. You don't know where they've been. And it's your chance to learn about them, too. Yeah. Your chance to know their heart. So. Yep. And I, uh, my wife calls me a, a, a creeper sometimes because uh, I'm, like, very <laughs> intentional about the level at which, like, what I share um, and, and what I don't share. And I like sometimes Matt, like remind, remember where I left off the story, um, of my life with people, uh, just cause I want to be intentional with them with it. So like, for instance, I led a, a woman slowly to the Lord as an RB co Arby's coworker when I was in high school, um, just by trying to intentionally put myself like as like the, the underdog and everything. Um, and soon enough, like the conversation steered, there was a woman, um, at a mission trip who's just, her baby boy just died. And six months before that, my mom died. And like, I was just like, I'm going to bring up death right now. Um, and I, I openly processed through my story until she said, her story, and then it was this twist. This twist, because um, then I get to ask how she's handling with, like, what, what's going on? Um, what, what is the anniversary? Like, oh, sorrows are really, really powerful because we have in the storm a God who says peace. They don't, and so I always ask, when's the anniversary? Is it coming up? Can I put it in my phone? 
what's your phone number? Like, I'd love to text you. Um, when's the anniversary? What are your, is your family doing anything uh, for it? Like, that kind of thing. Like, asking questions. I love, like, because my brokenness connects with their brokenness. Because bro- broken things, like, they either break things <laughs> or they connect, right? Like, broken people break people. That's a thing. But also, like, healed people. Like, we have a new way to show our brokenness because it's been touched by Savior. Like, it's been changed. It is being changed. And so I love trying to bring people into that uh, and then trying to do my best to turn the tables. Last question, and we're ending it. Um, Are there key passages that you quote or lean on when holding those types of conversations? No, there really aren't. Um, That's all right. One thing I can tell you, though, is, you know, I think it's Joshua 1, um, 19 through 20. It says, meditate on the word day and night, and you will be prosperous and successful. I think we just got to get this culture. Like, so Christianity, the Jews who, this is their religion, they meditate on the word day and night. And they don't, I mean, before the Bible, they would just speak it to each other all the time. And so, you know, I think we just got to get this culture of like, I feed myself the word all the time. And then when those moments happen, the Holy Spirit brings that up. And you might butcher it, but I think that's okay. Sorry, Lord. But like, I really do think it's okay. But the reality is, is like, even if you don't know the scripture, you know Jesus. And so like, just like, hey, everything we just said and everything you'll probably say will be okay. He is faithful. And here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is alive. So like, you're not alone like when you're doing these things. He'll yeah. bring pictures to your mind, thoughts, and you just have to lean in and actually like grab those. Like when a thought comes to your mind like, hey, do you have a daughter at home that might be sick? Use it. If they say no, okay, take your next shot. You know what I mean? And <laughs> here's, here's the thing, last thing. And then, yeah, no, last thing. I had a pastor say one time, um, it felt like to me, but it was a podcast, but I know him, so it felt really personal. He said, if there, in my mind, if the Lord has told me to do six things, I'd rather shoot for all six and hit three than shoot for zero and hit zero. And so that's been my mentality as a believer. I'm like, yo, I don't know if I'm going to miss it, but I'm going to try. And then you start fine-tuning, like, your ability to hear the Lord. Yeah. And so you might start off really rusty. Some of us start off pretty accurate. We didn't know how prophetic we were. But others of us, you know, I was rusty. I would tell people things, and they'd be like, yeah, that's not me. <laughs> all right, cool. One down, five more to go. You know what I mean? So, yeah, just encourage you. Obedience is better than sacrifice, you know. So, um, yeah, for me, for me, like, it's not really one verse. It's much more of, like, a bundle of different things. Like, just because, like, when I got saved, man, I was just so hungry to know the truth of who God is. And then through that process, him telling me who I am, you know. And when it came to evangelizing, something that I realized is Jesus sent people out twice, right? First time, don't take anything. Second time, take everything you need but it's always go-to's, right? So if you're going to go out for the purpose of evangelizing, go as twos. If it's just you're out and about and God says to do it, well, you don't have the option. (laughs) You're just by yourself or whoever's with you, you know? Um, So that's one of them. Um, The other one is the fact of that the the road is narrow and most people are not going to go on that road. And people are going to hell, right? And it's the conviction in me of, People are going to hell, and I don't want that. I was on that road, the wide road, and we have to choose the narrow road. Um, The other thing is Jesus actually puts the command out. You are to go and to tell people who I am. I I mean, just paraphrasing there, but it's like every single Christian is called to share their faith, to share about who God is. 
It's a, it's a command. It's not a, I wish you would, right? So that's another one that convicts my heart. Um, the fact that disobedience is sin, and if I'm not obeying him in the moment, I'm sinning. That is one of the ones that gets me. Um, and then one of them that prevents me from wasting too much time on somebody who's just rejected God in themselves is the when you're going to a house and you say, peace, peace, and they just reject you straight out of the gate. You just dust your feet off and you just keep going. Because there's been so many times in, in, in my time where I would be sharing and sharing and sharing and just loving on people and just really like pouring myself out and they would just stonewall, right? And at the end of it, you're just like, man, you know? But what God said, just dust your feet off, man. Like, you know, like nowadays we, we, we kind of come like, you know, like brush the shoulder, you know, pop the collar up and stuff, like whatever, like just freshen up again, keep going. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what it means. But it's like, but God just like, hey, you know, that's on you. I gave you what I got. I gave you what Jesus has for you and you rejected it. It's on you. You made your choice, you know? So at that, so for me, like that's kind of like my little small bundle of my larger bundle, but of things that just like keep my heart in the place of like going. Yeah. Um, this will take the pressure off too. And I was telling this on Gabby's podcast plug, like, and subscribe. Um, <laughs> and I was saying, you know, I probably heard this on a sermon too. I think I did transformation church. Um, but are you trying to live up to your potential or are you living out your purpose? And that really is huge when it comes to sharing the gospel. Like, what is our purpose? It's to love God and love other people. That's it, y'all. Like, it's, it's so black and white. It's so simple. You know, you don't have to be fully equipped. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be in a place where you're like, man, I've got it together. Now I can share the gospel. Like, now I can share Jesus because I'm good. And it's like, no, man. Like, let's just love him well. Let's be in awe of who God is. And um, the potential piece, it's like, oh, like, Jesus had potential, but he didn't, he didn't live up to his potential because he was on the cross. He could have summoned the angels. You know, he lived out his purpose. And um, I just feel really convicted by that, you yeah. know. Yeah. On the flip of that, God says, if you don't love others, you don't love me. Yeah. Like on the flip side of that. So it's like if you're not loving people through that, like yeah. you technically, like that's fruit of your love for God, you know. So. Oh, for sure. I think an important aspect that we're forgetting is prayer. One of my favorite verses is James 5.16. The prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. And when we're praying for those people, when we're praying for people to be saved, we get that heart for that person. Yeah. It could be a specific person. Like, most of my family is not saved either. Yeah. And I've been praying for them for over nine years yeah. since I've been saved. Yeah. But I have hope. Yeah. And I have faith that God is going to do those things. Like Psalms 37.4, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. My desire of my heart is for my family to be saved and for the people around me to be saved. That's why I'm a part of the campus ministry at KU. That's why I go to Glory Church. That's why I do all these things for God is so that people would know his love. Because it's not about me. It's always been about him. So we should be humble. I forgot. <laughs> so good, man. We're sharing um, scripture about this too. And the one that my grandma, I mean, she said when I was telling her all about Jesus, she's like, well, I'm too far gone. Like I'm this old and, you know, I haven't loved Jesus in my life. Like, what do I do? And I was like, 
oh my gosh, my verse of the day. Like literally this was the verse I read. I love the verse of the day. And it's so applied. And you guys all know this probably by heart. Romans 8, um, 37, it says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ and yeah. Jesus our Lord. Like that's it. That's it. Nothing can separate you from Jesus' love. He's wanted you since you were created. He's wanted you, um, and it's not too late to come to him. It's never too late. Yeah, that is beautiful. Yeah, go for it. Um, I was reading Romans, and I was kind of, like, blown away by, I like Paul, man. This guy had grit. He was just that, that really crazy friend that would just bring it to you um, and had a lot to say. But long story short, Paul talks about he's a Jew, and he's now rocking with the Christians, and that's a big no-no. And so he goes, I am so passionate about my Jewish people, my people being saved, that I am willing to risk my whole eternity with Jesus, the only one I love. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm there, brother. Like, I really don't know. And so I'm, I, like I said, I don't know if I'm there, but I want to be able to pray, and I want to encourage all of us to, like, kind of chew on that when we go home. You know, man, Lord, Give me that heart that Paul had, willing to risk all of his salvation, go to hell where it's hot and humid and probably even worse than that for the rest of his life to see all the Jews saved. I'm not praying like that. I don't have that kind of heart. So I'm just asking the Lord like, man, I think I I need a heart change. You know what I mean? So. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) No, yeah. Oh. uh, I heard my daughter cry. I looked because he looked. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I would say action steps, guys. I've heard vulnerability, like a lot being open. I've heard like, do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Uh, questions like that. I always ask God, how are you already loving them? That's a prophetic prayer. You talk about praying like that's it. Like I'm praying, how are you already loving them that I could just be a part of it? It's nothing I can add in to the moment because you're already doing it. Um, so how can I be a part of that, which you are doing? Um, and so then it's just like, it, it takes us out of the picture. Um, I would just say verses wise, like the word of the Lord, if you are a believer, is in you. Do you know that? Like the, the, it's implanted within you. And so I have found God continues to bring me people because humans are humans. We're all alike. Continues to bring me people who need to hear the same words that have already been implanted in my heart. Like you, the, those words, that's one, Romans 8 is one of the ones where, where God needed to speak very clearly to my shame and say, nothing will separate you from me. And so these words, like that's, I don't have this like list of things. I don't take people to the Romans road. I just speak like, God, you have attacked lies in my heart and brought me your truth and wrapped me up like in them. All I need to do is speak the words that you've already given me. Like, you've already, you've already radically changed me. And if it's for some of you, only like two verses come to mind, use those two verses and God will keep bringing, you know, like use those things that he is empowered within you. Like the reason you are confident, the reason you come to worship, there's some truth of scripture that is in you, like that you have the ability to speak to other people. Well, I will say we don't have to, to end in, in uh, singing worship this morning. I, I would love to just, since we're a little over on time, thank you guys so much for being with us. Can you give these guys a round of applause? Thank you guys for your humility, like sharing your heart. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. 
For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.